What's up, guys? This is Review and Preview in the Dark. I am your host, Tom Scavetta. A quick reminder, of course, we did not have an episode of Review and Preview this past Friday night. We took the week off. We will be back this Friday night live on The Wave, liuwave.org. It'll be me alongside Fonz DeFalco and another guest or two to be named. And, of course, we have a lot to recap this week, so I didn't want to wait until Friday. I just want to get this out there. Of course, the big NBA draft that took place last Thursday night. It all started with Zion Williamson, power forward out of Duke, 6'7", 285. They call him the Incredible Hulk of basketball. What's funny is we've never really seen such a player like Zion. Of course, the big three at Duke, him... R.J. Barrett, Cam Reddish, all three of those guys selected in the top 10. Williamson is a special talent. He's really worth the hype, I think. The only concern is his jump shot, which will transform, I think. If he wants to be an elite NBA player, he'll have to shoot, especially at his size, because he's smaller than your traditional NBA power forward. However, at 6'7", If he can shoot the ball, he'll be a classic good four in the NBA. His raw motion, though, after getting picked with his mother and his reporter, you know, it's one thing to know you're getting picked number one, but to actually see it physically happen, the raw motion from Zion, like, that's just your dreams are turning into a reality. Zion didn't think he deserved to be number one, but everyone knew he deserved it. He was the best player in college basketball this season. This is a pick that New Orleans was thrilled to have winning the draft lottery a month ago. Zion joins a squad that just traded away their star big man Anthony Davis to the Lakers in exchange for Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart. These are big guys who came from big schools. Brandon Ingram actually played at Duke. So him and Zion have a little connection there, even though they were at different times. Lonzo, fantastic young talent out of UCLA. And then, of course, Josh Hart out of Villanova. A good shooter. This is a New Orleans Pelicans team that, look at the West, they could make some noise for the playoffs. I mean, Zion, clearly a star of this team, but, man, that West is jam-packed. So we'll see how it unfolds over the offseason, see what they do in free agency. But right now they have a pretty decent squad, I would say. When they're returning Drew Holiday, we'll talk about Jackson Hayes in a minute. Memphis takes John Morant, second best player in the draft, hands down. He moved up the ladder. He earned it out of Murray State, middle-level school, 6'3", 175. This is the right pick. And what set it up for me, the trade, Mike Conley to Utah in exchange for Jay Crowder, Kyle Korver, Grayson Allen. Great return for Memphis, by the way in that trade for Conley. They're in a rebuilding phase. Conley didn't want to rebuild. So it really made sense to take Morant here. He's a star. He has the potential to replace Mike Conley, who I just mentioned didn't really want to be in a rebuild. John Morant, fantastic this season. And to see him, you know, Murray State upsetting Marquette in the first round of the NCAA tournament, I mean, you saw it. And then, of course, you know, they ran into a hot Florida state team, but to really just see John Morant shine when the lights are bright, earn himself that number two overall pick.
Number three, you Nick fans love it. This is what a lot of people were hoping. R.J. Barrett out of Duke University goes number three. So two of the top three picks featured Dukies. I'm going to keep this simple now. You know, when you make the pick you're supposed to make, you look good. It's the best option. This is an A-plus caliber pick. R.J. Barrett has the potential to be the best out of these top three in the NBA. A lot of people are actually saying that. Uh, Let's not forget, he was the number one prospect a year ago at this time. Kid out of Toronto, Canada. Excellent shooter. 6'7". I mean, this is a guy that Knicks need because they're in a rebuilding phase too. Coach David Fisdale has made it clear. You know, you have young guys and Mitchell Robinson, Kevin Knox, Alonzo Trier, Dennis Smith Jr. And you add R.J. Barrett into the mix. You know, maybe you re-sign DeAndre Jordan. I mean, these are moves that the Knicks want to make. And having R.J. as the potential star of this team, this is great. And again, he only worked out for the Knicks. He didn't work out for any other teams. You know, the Knicks worked out a couple of other players just in case, like Kobe White, Darius Garland. They brought in a couple of guys just in case Barrett wasn't there. But R.J. clearly wanted to be a Nick. His father always told him he was going to be a Nick. And again, similar to Zion, when your dreams become a reality, this is just something that's hard to fathom. And bravo to R.J., This guy carried the team when Zion was out. Duke earned a one seed in this year's NCAA tournament. And these freshmen will leave a lasting long legacy, not just at Duke, but in the NBA. Number four, things got interesting here. DeAndre Hunter selected by the Lakers, but this pick is going to the Hawks of Atlanta. Um... Yeah, and of course, courtesy of the New Orleans Pelicans, uh, you know, these trades aren't official yet. You'd expect Hunter to be a player who can step in, shoot the three, defend well on the perimeter, which like he did at Virginia. And to be a great defender at Virginia really speaks volumes to how great of a player you can be at that next level because Virginia just exhausts you defensively. I mean, you saw another Virginia player in Ty Jerome got drafted in the first round, who we'll talk about in a few moments, but... Man, yeah, I'm really psyched for DeAndre Hunter. Averaged 15 points a game, started all 38 games this season after starting none last year, a two-year player, a team coming off a national championship. He was the star of this team. He really was. And I think adding him to the mix of Trey Young, Kevin Herter, John Collins, this is a team that, of course, can make some noise in the future. Of course, they went on. Um, to take Cam Reddish. So that should be interesting for sure. Darius Garland went number five, rare player. His stock actually improved. He only played a couple of games at Vanderbilt this season as a freshman, but truly the best prospect available at number five, I'd say. And having him join Colin Sexton in that backcourt for Cleveland, of course, Kevin Love, we don't know what lies in his future, but in the next coming months. But Cleveland seems to be in a position where they can compete in the East in a couple of years again with that backcourt, a possible Portland Trailblazers effect of McCollum and Lillard, which that's the second best backcourt in the NBA behind the Splash Brothers. But you're looking at these guys right now, Garland and Sexton, that should be really fun to watch this season. And it's in an Eastern conference that's very unpredictable. You know, you have your 
core three next year heading in, I think Toronto, Milwaukee. Um, well, I mean, I, I think those are your top two in Philly. But after that, it's really um, a wide open dogfight. And it should be interesting to see what happens. Of course, from Texas Tech, national championship runner-up, Jarrett Culver, goes to, well, he was picked by the Timberwolves after an unofficial trade with the Suns. So I think they could have probably went after Kobe White, but Culver is probably the safest pick. I'd give it a B. I would have taken Kobe White if I was Phoenix, but look, Culver's head there. Um, he's going to be solid. Again, great defender. Two best teams in that in the national championship game are arguably the two best defensive teams in the nation this season. So Culver going this high at number six was great for him. Kobe White, number seven for Chicago. This is what they needed. A guy nobody projected to be a one and done to see him climb into that top ten. A lottery pick is fantastic. I mean, Roy Williams put the ball in his hands. They let him. Sh- they let people know he could be a primary ball handler. UNC made the Sweet 16. They just ran into a super hot Auburn team. And a great point guard is what the Bulls need more than anything because right now they don't have it. You add him to a backcourt, him and Zach Levine, Kobe White, Zach Levine, and Laurie Markkinen, that's a good big three to have. And I really like what Chicago did there. Jackson Hayes in a trade to Atlanta. The Pelicans made that pick, but he'll be going to the Hawks. Um, it's, well, the Pelicans made this pick, actually. So uh, it's just, <sighs> Hayes is a lot of things. Upside play, a rim protector, a dunker. He's not a shooter, but I think he'll be a good player for the Hawks. I don't think he deserved to go top 10. I'd give this probably B-minus, C-plus range. But, you know, to add him to the mix with DeAndre Hunter and Cam Reddish just a couple of picks later, Atlanta made some moves tonight. Rue Hachimura, number 9 out of Gonzaga to the Wizards. There's no obvious selection here, but this kid's a fine choice. Big wingspan. A good jumper. He would fit as a stretch four for this team, considering you get Wall and Beal back healthy next season. The only thing is he's improving. He only, he's only played basketball for a couple of years, and we'll see what happens there. Cam Reddish, number 10 overall. He could be an all-star someday, but he can go either way. There's no way I I would have taken him in the top 10. He wasn't effective inside or really outside on the arc either. There are a lot of red flags with this pick. 6'8", 208, fantastic player at Duke. Um, I think he has potential to be great in the NBA, but he kind of got overshadowed by Zion and RJ, and it's very rare you see three players from one team picked in the top 10, which I think because RJ Barrett and Reddish were at Duke before Zion committed. And it's just interesting to me how that may have affected Reddish's development. And we kind of knew he was going to declare. If I was him, I would have stayed. But we'll see how his NBA career unfolds. Cameron Johnson went number 11. Pick was made by the Suns, but he'll be heading to Minnesota. Um, The Suns did this because they've got all this youth. Johnson's a guy. He's ready to play. He's a shooter. 
But what a stunning move. I mean, nobody expected him to go this high. I didn't for sure. He wasn't even one of the 24 players invited to the green room. So wild pick overall. I'm not sure if I would have went that way, but they needed a shooter. And when you want something, you, you go out and get it. So I guess props to Minnesota, two UNC guys going in the lottery. P.J. Washington out of Kentucky to the Charlotte Hornets. Of course, Tyler Hero out of Kentucky. So two straight Kentucky picks. Hero went to Miami. Hero's a guy who can dribble, pass, and shoot. Good size, free throw, shooting. He could really translate into the NBA as a good three-pointer. He definitely deserved to be a lottery pick. P.J. Washington as well improved his stock. He came back for a second season. He figured out his shot. A good space-oriented big man. Number 14, Romeo Langford out of Indiana to the Celtics. A a bit of a surprise here. I think it's an okay pick. Uh, This is a long-term play here. He won't be very impactful in year one. Uh, unless, of course, you know, Kyrie most likely leaving, Al Horford leaving, Marcus Morris leaving most likely. So Boston, and you don't know about Terry Rozier either. Um, Not really sure what's going to happen there. The first international player to not get picked, well, first real international player, not including RJ out of Canada, uh, Saku Dumbuya out of France at number 15. The Pistons probably didn't think he'd be available here. I think this is an A pick. He has a top 10 skill set, should have been in the lottery. Um, 18-year-old kid, tons of potential, great defender. He's growing offensively, and I think this is a pick Detroit can use. He can develop behind Blake Griffin and Andre Drummond. I think Detroit, a team that made the playoffs this season, they can very well get back there, and we'll see what they can do. The first Auburn Tiger goes at number 16, Chuma Okike. Uh, four minutes before he tore his ACL, Okike predicted that he would be drafted this high. Um, he showed a lot of good catch-and-shoot ability, played well in the NCAA tournament. He'll probably miss all or most of his rookie season, but hey, shout-out to the Magic for possibly finding a gem. Nikhil Alexander-Walker went number 17 to uh, where Brooklyn at? The Pelicans made this pick as part of a trade with the Hawks. So, but this ran through Brooklyn. So, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Um, He checks a ton of boxes, does a lot of things well. He fits the Pelicans' needs next to Zion Williamson. Um, It's a great pick. It really is. Um, We'll see. We'll see what happens there. Number 18, Goga went out of Georgia for the Pacers. Good pick. They need a big man. He'll be a solid backup to Miles Turner, to Nabonta Sabonis. International trend continues with the Spurs. Luka Semenich, he looked like lottery talent a year ago. Um, He seemed more likely to be the Spurs pick. In about 10 spots from now or a second round there, but the Spurs, they earn the benefit of the doubt here. This is a guy who can work behind LaMarcus Aldridge. Matisse the Bull, 76ers traded into this position to make this pick. Uh, I realistically don't get it. They needed to add shooting. It's a kid out of Washington. 
he can be a great defender, but he never really played zone in college. So I'm not sure why you trade up for this guy. Uh, tough, tough for me if you're the Sixers. Brandon Clark, number 21 out of Gonzaga to the Thunder. A pick. The, Gri- the Grizzlies traded into this spot specifically to take Clark, though. Um, this pick makes a ton of sense. He'll join Jaron Jackson Jr. in Memphis. Uh, with Ja Morant and Clark, the Grizzlies are stacked in the backcourt. And we'll see how that unfolds. And, of course, Grant Williams, number 22, to Boston. I could see this guy playing in Boston. Great player. He's not very tall or athletic at 6'7", but a hard-nosed player out of Tennessee, a team that made the Sweet 16. I think Grant Williams has a potential... uh, high ceiling you know they're saying a lot of things about him that nba scouts said about fred van vliet but gms are starting to learn take guys who are just awesome at basketball darius Baisley, the grizzlies made this pick he will uh be headed to it looks like utah straight out of princeton high school um i would have taken a swing out of possibly Nazir Little here, but he had a great workout, so hard to go against him. Ty Jerome, oh, picked by the Sixers, but he'll be headed to Phoenix. The Suns traded up. They wanted Ty Jerome. Kid out of New Rochelle. Uh, I own a prep high school and went to Virginia, played for three years, won a national championship alongside Kyle Guy, DeAndre Hunter, and I love this pick. I live about 30 minutes away. From Ty Jerome and New Rochelle. Um, Look, Jerome's the best point guard left at this spot. Led the ACC in assists per game. We're talking about a 6'5 guard who could either play a backcourt spot, uh, dribble, pass, shoot, and he defends well. Again, if you play at Virginia, you defend well. I love this pick for the Phoenix Suns. I give it an A. Nasir Little, Portland Trailblazers. Oh, what a steal. He went way deeper than anyone expected. At this point in the draft, you just take him. 2018, McDonald's All-American. A year ago, he was projected to be the number two pick and to drop to number 25. I give it an, an A. I give it an A. 6'6", 224. Uh, Portland's current starting small forward. You know, you have a combo of Mo Harkless, Jake Lehman. This year, little, give him some competition. Dylan Windler, this was interesting. Um, with John Beeline as the coach, I can see it more now. He'll be joining a backcourt of Colin Sexton and Darius Garland, and Cleveland really stacked up there. I give it a B, a kid out of Belmont, 6'8". Was not expecting him to go round one. But Windler and Garland make a lot of sense with what Beeline showed um, a preference for at the college level. I mean, you see it, what he did at Michigan. Um, The next pick, that'll be going to Brooklyn, although the pick was made by the Clippers. But Fondue Cabangeli from Florida State, great guy. Florida State made a deep run in the NCAA tournament, Sweet 16. He's got the potential to be an elite presence for Brooklyn, back up Jared Allen, possibly start at the four, and we'll see. Uh, Warriors at 28, pick Jordan Poole. Eh, this is a shooting guard need with Clay Thompson out next year. 
Nothing much more to talk about. Kid out of Michigan. Kelvin Johnson out of UK. Um, he will head to the Spurs. Um, this was a traded pick as well. He has a place to, to develop there for sure. Final pick of the night. Uh, Milwaukee Bucks. Exactly what you want to do with the 30th pick. Uh, Kevin Porter Jr., shooting guard at a USC. Um, questions are more off the court, I think. Um, but this pick actually went to Cleveland. It was picked by Milwaukee, but sent to Cleveland. There were so many trades this night. And Gary Parrish did a good job reporting on this. Uh, hopefully Cleveland will help him find the structure he needs to maximize his talent at the NBA level. Uh, you know, it was really interesting to me because in round two, uh, Claxton to Brooklyn, that should be interesting. Seven-foot guy. Uh, Carson Edwards out of Purdue to Boston. And Cody Martin out of Nevada getting picked by the Hornets. Uh, what else? Eric Pascal. Should be very interesting. He's going to the Warriors. He's a great three-point shooter out of Villanova. Bulbo went all the way down to number 44 by Miami, 7-2. But uh, he's getting sent to Denver. Part of a draft night trade with the Heat. Uh, the Nuggets have a high upside, high-risk prospect to invest. Uh, it's good even if it's good value for Miami, even if he's a bust. I think he should have went higher, but sometimes things just don't work out. 47 overall, the Kings take Ignas Brezdikas. Sacramento made this pick and agreed to trade him to the Knicks, giving New York their second one-and-done player in this draft. Brezdikas, what you're going to get out of him, New York, a hard-nosed player, competitive forward, small forward, intriguing upside. He spaces the floor, another good three-point shooter. He's a fearless player, potential um, Alonzo Trier effect for sure. Um, the Knicks' first-round pick out of Duke was flawless, but Barrett wasn't the only player selected. This was the best freshman in the Big Ten this season. He has the work ethic and self-belief to match that honor. He's an incredible kid out of Michigan, and Beeline coached him, of course. So, you know, I, realistically, his work ethic, his basketball IQ, his drive to win will help the Knicks out for sure. Um, he was part of the trade for Kyle Guy which happened later on tonight because the Knicks did select Kyle Guy, uh, 55th overall. He'll go to Sacramento in exchange for Brezdikas. The Kings are getting a proven winner from Virginia, a shooter who won a national title, who led the team in scoring. Jordan Bone for Tennessee getting picked late. Uh, the Pistons picked up Bone's draft rights from the Pelicans. Experience floor, general, good pick. Mie Oni, shooting guard out of Yale. Warriors sold this pick to the Jazz on draft night. Um, classic three-point shooter. So overall, it was a great NBA draft. I believe there were 17 trades, which is insane. Like You heard me now on this podcast struggling to get through some of those trades. I mean, even Scott Van Pelt, the night on SportsCenter. Hey, look, I mean, it's tough, which now this leads to free agency. And you got to think, the king of the, of the north, what he's going to do in Toronto, this could be a league-altering free agency, potentially. How will the Lakers fill out their roster? Because they have a very small roster right now. Uh, we'll see what happens. 
what do the Knicks do? Of course, you have Barrett, Knox, and Robinson, which is great. Um, there was rumors about Kevin Durant, Anthony Davis, and Zion a few months ago. Now that will not happen. What about the Clippers and Nets, though? This is where it gets interesting, because Kyrie could go to Brooklyn, Kawhi. If he doesn't go back to Toronto, he's going to the Clippers, in my opinion. Uh, we'll see what happens. Al Horford is out there now as well. The Pelicans open the Zion era, of course, continuing to overhaul their roster, getting Jackson Hayes, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, and Marco Silva out of Brazil. Wild night for the Phoenix Suns as well. They began the night trading down from number 6 to number 11. They acquired Dario Saric, which I apologize, forgot to mention that earlier, from the Minnesota Timberwolves as part of the process. They ended up taking Cameron Johnson, number 11 overall. They did pass on Kobe White, which was very interesting, but they wanted their man later on. Um, Ty Jerome. Pick was made by the Celtics, but um, very interesting. Very interesting. I think he's going to be a good point guard for Phoenix. I mean, honestly, he might start with what they got. We'll see. Um, it, it's hard. I, I think if you're the Indiana Pacers, you want to target a guy like Ricky Rubio to play alongside Victor Oladipo. You still got Boyan Bogdanovich and Thaddeus Young to worry about in free agency. You drafted Goga. You got Sabonis and Turner. It should be very interesting to see what happens. And, yeah, that was really just a brief recap of the NBA draft and what's to come. Of course, on the show, we talk MLB news. The Mets open up a Philly series tonight after a pretty productive weekend in Chicago, taking two of three. Realistically, the Mets still under 500 at 37 and 41. They are fourth place in the NL East. They're continuing to drop. They fired their pitching coach, Dave Island, and Phil Reagan will replace him. I mean, you know, you're firing your assistants now, and that's not good because you know who's next. With the Braves continuing to strengthen their lead, Mets are nine games back. Cubs and the Brewers in a dogfight for the Central right now, and the Dodgers pretty clean-cut 13-game lead over the Rockies in the West. And, of course, you got the Yankees with Tampa Bay and Boston not too far behind. Minnesota, an outstanding season, leading the MLB in home runs, possibly on track to catch the Yankees, who set the record last season from the Mariners. However, the Twins have only won five out of their last ten. Houston and Texas atop the AL West. And Oakland right there as well with the Angels not too far behind. You're looking at the MLB right now and what's been most impressive, Peter Alonzo, 27 home runs. He's ranked second in the MLB in home runs. He now has two more than Cody Bellinger. Only player he trails is Christian Yelich. This man has 27 home runs, 61 RBIs. The problem is all the good players in the National League are mostly first basemen. You got Josh Bell, Freddie Freeman, Anthony Rizzo. So it's going to be interesting, but Alonzo should definitely be considered to be an all-star. Hands down, he'll get rookie of the year. His average is up to 276. Um, and, of course, the MLB leader in hits now. You have a two-way tie 
between Whit Merrifield out of Kansas City. 98 hits on the season. This guy's 30 years old, hard-nosed player, a team that's struggling. And then, of course, for Minnesota, George Polanco, Jorge Polanco for the Twins. 25-year-old, fantastic young talent. Really like what he's been doing this season. Of course, for the Yankees, DJ LeMay, who continues to rake. The Yankees were on an eight-game winning streak until yesterday. They lost on old-timers day. Great to see some of the old guys out there. You had your Paul O'Neill, Bernie Williams, Moe, Johnny Damon. It was great to see a lot of these former Yankees go out there and play before the game. But Hap had a disastrous day out there against uh, ace Justin Verlander, who, in my opinion, should start for the American League in the all-star game. Um, on that note, that's pretty much all we're going to have time for. Just a 30-minute catch-you-up edition of Review and Preview in the dark here. Uh, nothing much more to say. I'm your host, Tom Scavetta. Be sure to tune in Friday night when we will talk more NBA news and do our full recap of the draft live on the wave. We'll talk more about the Knicks and the Nets to see what their off-season moves entail. And until then, I'd like to wish you all a great evening. And remember, tune in Friday to Review and Preview, 8 to 10 p.m. on The Wave. The sound of LIU, that's liuwave.org. Join me, Fonz DeFalco. Be there. See you then. Have a good night.